still um, talking about Abraham, and um, last week we talked about his test of obedience uh, and how God tested him uh, to, um, to see his loyalty to the Lord above everything. Um, The Lord's not going to play second fiddle to anybody. Amen. He's, if, he's, if, if, if we do not allow him to be first in your life, he's not going to take second place. Amen. And although we in America, now we don't have statues and idols that we bow down to and worship as you know, turn it into some kind of God like they did back in the, in the biblical times. But whatever or whoever you put before God is your idol. Amen. Whatever or whoever. Some people put their job before their God. Amen. Some people put various things. And that's what the test of obedience was all about. Uh, with Abraham. And um, since we're coming into this thing about prayer, <clears throat> and uh, tomorrow is the National Day of Prayer, <clears throat> I thought it would be good and we would talk to, about Abraham as Abraham the intercessor. Uh, of all the lessons that we can learn from Abraham, <clears throat> Which, by the way, he, he was the father of faith. He was the one, the only one in the Bible that was called a friend of God. And uh, uh, he is, he's the one that our whole system is built upon. And Abraham was an intercessor. And we need to have more intercessors in the church today. There used to be, if you could go back 20 or 30 years ago, there were people in the church that had the ministry of intercession. Uh, and God would, God would use them. Uh, and I think we probably, may, we probably have some people here tonight who God has used you for intercession. Uh, where... Sometimes he can wake you out of the middle of a sleep at night. And as soon as you wake up, you have somebody on your mind. And if that happens, don't disregard that. Uh, you might be sleepy, but if God wakes you up and puts somebody on your heart, you need right then and there to start praying for that person because that person's life could be in danger. Amen. Uh, we, uh, 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 we've had, had God stop services oh, right on a Wednesday night, a few, a few years back at the other place. And, uh, we, uh, I felt, I felt very strongly about praying for our son. Um, and we, we found out that he came very close to about that same time to being in a tractor trailer accident. Uh, and, uh, there are testimonies upon testimonies that I've heard people give where God would uh, 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 place it upon somebody's heart at that particular time to pray for somebody. 
that is called intercessory prayer. Um, and uh, there's different kinds of prayer. But uh, it's when, when you stand in for somebody else and you are uh, praying for somebody else, you are interceding for them. Uh, and God uses people to do that. And Abraham was an intercessor. Now, I didn't give all the scriptures because it'd take too much time. But in the 18th chapter of Genesis, uh, we find an interesting story about Abraham. He was there uh, with Sarah, his wife. She was in the tent. And he looks down the road and three men come. Well, we find out that these three men turn out to be three angels. And one of them was more than an angel. One of them was a manifestation of God himself. Um, There were different times in the Old Testament that God manifested himself. And he did that at this time to Abraham. Those things, when God would appear in some kind of form on earth... They're called, that's called a theophany. Uh, he appeared to Moses in a theophany and spoke to him. Can somebody remember how, uh, how, what he appeared? In a burning bush. Amen. But here and now, they, they were uh, three men coming. And, uh, and it comes to find out one of them was actually the Lord. He had, he had uh, manifested himself. And um, that's why the Bible says in the New Testament, forget not to entertain strangers, because some have entertained angels unaware. Amen. You don't never know who God may be sending your way. Amen. I, I believe in angels. I believe it together they're encamped around the, the saints. And I believe at certain times they materialize themselves. Amen. For certain, for certain things, for certain reasons. Uh, Bishop Carl Engel uh, had an angel appear, walk in a hospital when he was uh, in, in a comatose state, laid hands on him in the middle of the night, and uh, he was healed. Uh, he was preaching at a church in uh, West Virginia, and uh, he he was he, he took the pastorship of this church. Well, it didn't take him long. He got the devil stirred up, uh, and uh, he got there. Uh, him uh, him and his wife and his daughter, and they pulled up outside, and there uh, uh, there was a couple cars there, and uh, when. Uh, uh, when Brother Carl pulled up, uh, uh, these men get out. One of them get on one side of his car, and the other gets on the other side of his car and holds the door closed, while the third one takes a pair of brass knuckles and beats him almost to death. And uh, he was laying in a coma about 2 o'clock in the morning in the hospital, and his wife was sitting by his bed, there was somebody, there was a man, came in, stopped at the nurse's desk, 
and said, uh, uh, what room is Carl Engel in? He's a servant of the Lord, and I come to see him. That was the words he told the nurse. The first miracle was somebody come in and say to that, she let him through. You know, he walks in. He stands at the foot of his bed and uh, touches him and prays, turns around and walks out. As soon as he touched him, Brother Carl wakes up, and his wife looks out the door. He's gone, disappeared. Uh, be forgetful. Don't be forgetful to entertain strangers because some have entertained angels unaware. Now, I want to give you some scripture. Uh, we're going to start at the 17th verse of the 18th chapter. Uh, and remember now, there was two angels and a manifestation of the Lord. Abraham had fixed them something to eat, and he had uh, washed their feet. Uh, and, uh, uh, and then before the Lord began to leave, he said, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken uh, to him. And the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me, and if not, I will know. And the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood still before the Lord. Now remember, there was three of them when he came up to Abraham. And the purpose of them coming, they was on their way to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to bring judgment. And the Lord says, you know, I mean, I'm not going to keep from Abraham. I, you know, shall I keep from Abraham what I'm fixing to do? Now, let me ask, stop and ask you a question right now. Uh, what was it about Sodom that uh, the Lord knew that Abraham would be interested in. His nephew was there, Lot. Amen. He'd been living there for some time. Amen. So the Lord knowed that there was somebody there that he loved. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I serve a God who knows all about me. The Bible says he knows what we have need of before we even ask. Amen. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. God cares about you. He loves you. He's your heavenly father. Yeah. Amen. And he's concerned with what you're concerned with. And even though they, uh, God was going down to check on the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and bring judgment on it. Amen. He couldn't leave without telling Abraham what he was going to do. Because this was touching the heart of Abraham. Amen. So we're going to read a little bit more. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous 
with the wicked. Now, my lesson tonight is entitled Abraham the Intercessor. Now, here's where Abraham steps in between God and the judgment of Sodom. Look what, I mean, he's, he's talking to the Lord, and he's talking to him just like he would be talking to any other man. When you go to God, you don't have to be all holy and pious. Well, mighty God, I come to you this night, Lord. When you talk to God, just be real. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Be natural. Hallelujah. Abraham said, come near. Would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Abraham says, suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? You're going down to Sodom to see what's going on. But, Lord, you mean tell me if there's, uh, if, you, if you find 50 people in Sodom who are living right, you're going to destroy them with everybody else? He said, far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? (laughs) Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I'm glad God is a righteous judge. Hallelujah. Amen. He don't judge according to, to appearance. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. That's, that's how I come that we need to be careful how we try to place judgment on somebody. Amen. Glory to God. God has not put us in that position. So the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. You see, Abraham is interceding. He's standing in the gap for Sodom. Because he's got some people there that's his blood. People that, 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 that he knows, his, his family members. And he is interceding. Let's go a little bit further. Then Abraham answered and said, Indeed now, I who am but dust and ashes have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Now I want you to notice now, even though he's talking to God and he's interceding, He's not being proud about nothing. You know, he's using humility. Amen. God does not care for the proud. We have to be humble when we approach the Lord. All right? He said, uh, suppose there were five less than 50 righteous. Would you destroy all the city for the lack of five? So he said, if I find there 45, I will not destroy it. Now, no, we got some negotiation going on here. Amen. Between Abraham and God. Amen. He started out with 50, then he dropped down to 45. And he spoke to him yet again and said, suppose there should be 40 found there. So he said, I will not do it for the sake of 40. My, my. Let's go on. Then he said, let, it, let not the Lord be angry. Don't get, don't get mad, Lord. And I'm going to speak. Suppose 30 should be found there. So he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. If I can find just 30 people in that whole city of hundreds, 
I won't destroy it. And he said, indeed, now I have taken upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there. So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak but once more. Suppose 10 should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. My, my, my. Hallelujah. So here we got Abraham interceding for a place. Lord, you know, what, what about 10? Is not 10 people just as important to you than 40 or 30 or 50? God says, if I can find 10 people. Of course, we all know what happened. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. Think about it. And, all, and, and the, you got two cities here, two separate. They're twin cities. Think about, think about like Dallas-Fort Worth. All right? So you had Sodom and Gomorrah. There were two twin cities. And in both cities, God couldn't find ten righteous people. My, my, my. So the Lord went his way as soon as he finished speaking with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. Now here's what I want to talk to you about. God searches for intercessors. He searches for intercessors. God was fixing to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, but before he destroyed it, he wanted to find somebody who would stand in the gap for this place to hopefully they wouldn't have to be destroyed. There's a scripture found in Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. God said, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found no one. Oh God, hallelujah. Amen. Do you realize, amen, that there are Places that God would bring judgment on right now, but somebody somewhere is standing in the gap making up the hedge that's keeping God, amen, from destroying it. Hallelujah. I want you to understand something, church. We have the power to move God on behalf of of others. We're his children. Amen. We're his children. And we have the power... Amen. To move the very heart of God. Amen. God can be moved when people turn to him and look to him in faith. Even when somebody is is brought up to die. There was an Old Testament king. Who God sent the prophet. And says set your house in order. Because you're going to die and not live. Somebody tell me who that was. Hezekiah. God was going to take Hezekiah's life, but he sent a prophet. So you get ready. Set your house in order because you're going to die and not live. Then the prophet left. King Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and began to pour out his heart to God and says, God... Hadn't I lived for you? Hadn't I done my best to run righteousness in this nation? 
before the prophet got out of the courtyard, God stopped him in his tracks and says, Go back and tell Hezekiah I've heard his prayer and I'm going to give him 15 more years. You got the power, you can move God. Hallelujah. You got a loved one who's lost? You can stand in the gap for them that something will not bad happen to them until they have an opportunity to get right with God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. There are people in the church today who serve in God who would be dead in their grave if it wasn't for a mother or grandmother. Amen. Who burnt the midnight oil. Hallelujah. Praying glory to God when they was out there doing what they wanted to do. Hallelujah. I've heard people testify. I don't know why. Amen. God allowed me to live. I tell you, there could have been somebody interceding for you. Woo. My Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Another scripture I want to share you. One more. Deuteronomy 9.14. Now, now here's something here I find very interesting. The Lord, he had about went as far as Brother Douglas, with the children of Israel in in the wilderness, that he was ready to go, willing to go. They kept murmuring. They kept complaining. Nothing that he did, they would be satisfied. He gave them water to drink out of the rock. He sent them quail, amen, to eat. He, He let the heavens rain manna for them to eat. But they was always grumbling and complaining. Finally, God got fed up. Now notice this. I'm going to show you how important intercession is with God. I'm going to show you how important it is. God knows the God I serve is a tender-hearted fella. Amen. I've been called a pushover. I want you to know God's a pushover. He's, he's got a tender heart because he knows when somebody starts interceding, that tender heart of his is going to back up. And in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 14, God tells Moses, says, let me alone that I may destroy them and blot their name from under heaven and I will make of thee a nation mightier and greater than they. God said, look, don't try to intercede here. Just leave me alone. Back off. Amen. And Moses did too. If you recall, Moses says, Lord, if you won't forgive us. Now, let me, let, let me leave you something here to think about. How much do we love people? How much do we really want to see people get saved and not be lost? Would you be willing to pray the prayer and intercede like Moses did? Because this is what Moses told God. He says, Lord, forgive them their sin. He's interceding like Abraham was. He said, forgive them. He said, if you won't forgive them, 
blot my name out of the book that you've written. Hey, if you need a lawyer, that's the kind of lawyer to get. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to see nobody lost, but I don't think I've got enough guts to tell God that. Lord, you forgive so-and-so, but if you don't forgive them, take my name out of your book of life too. Now that's intercession, folks. That's standing in the gap for somebody. God told him, says, look, he said, those who, who sin, they're the names I'll take out of the book. I'm not taking your name out. But that's, that's, the, that's the intercessor, and that's what I wanted, amen, to talk about uh, tonight, amen. Abraham, the intercessor, hallelujah, amen. And, and the church needs intercessors today. We need men and women who will stand in the gap, amen, to pray for people. Um, and tomorrow, the first Thursday uh, in this month, is, is the National Day of Prayer. And uh, we need to intercede for this nation. Just like Abraham interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah. Because God, the very, the very same thing that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for, we, we've got it in this country today. Amen. The very same thing. And we know that judgment is coming. If judgment don't come, then on judgment day, he's going to have to apologize to the citizens of Sodom and Gomorrah. Hallelujah. God, help me to be an intercessor. Help me to be an intercessor. Amen. Praise God. Anybody got any comments? I knew, I knew that hand was going to raise the shelly. Hallelujah. <laughs>